This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Monday, 21 November in the year of our Lord, 2022. We got a lot to get to and a lot of things we're trying to stop at this illegitimate regime. I want to start with Reggie Littlejohn. Reggie, you had the amazing webinar today on the Committee on Present Danger of China. Walk us through what is the, you're having a call to action. Tell us what is going on, ma'am. Well, the webinar, which is called Efficiency or Enslavement, has to do with the fact that we are about to enter a digital gulag. The trap is about to spring because two things have come together. Last week, the G20 has said that they want to institute a global vaccine passport, which can be used as the platform for China's social credit system. And the Biden White House published their declaration on its website. Meanwhile, the Biden administration, um, Biden promulgated Executive Order 14067 about the implementation of a central bank digital currency, which is very, very dangerous. This is the opposite of cryptocurrency. It's the opposite of Bitcoin. Instead, it's centralized. And what it will mean is that the central government will be able to control, program our money. So it's like going back to your childhood where your parent can say, here's your allowance. You can only spend, don't buy candy. And, um, oh, I'm cutting off your allowance this week because you are a bad boy or a bad girl. The, the, the uh, U.S. government will be in that situation, except that the consequences will be so much more dire. They will be able to cut us off from our credit cards, cut us off from our, our bank accounts if we don't go along with the official narrative. And by the way, the G20, um, when they were calling for these vaccine passports, talked about the, the need for um, managing or clamping down on disinformation. And I would say that probably most of everything that happens on your uh, war room and most of the things that happen on the Committee of the Presentation of China and most of the things that Dr. McCullough says and, and all of these heroic figures who are standing up to the official narrative would be characterized as disinformation. And who knows what will happen to us? Oh, no, there's no doubt. I mean, the Hunter Biden laptop is a perfect example. This was Russian disinformation. I'm going to talk to Koffler in a second. This was the 41... Uh, intelligence officers came out and said, Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation. And Biden looked the American people in the eye and lied about it, lied about it. Right. And we know now we know CBS, the great Catherine Herridge. Oh, thank you, Catherine. Thank you, CBS. Oh, thank you so much. You've now approved it two years later. And of course, two weeks past the midterm exams, uh, midterm uh, elections. Just, you know, that was random, obviously. I want to go back to the declaration. Because, and I'm going to get Brad on here in a second as, as a congressman, talk about the budgeting appropriations for all this. We got Rebecca Koffler, we got Joe Allen, we got Mike Davis, we got Jane Zirkel. Boom, from Brazil to the halls of Congress. We're going to cover it all in this hour. This declaration, who gave the authority? To, to, where did they get the authority to actually 
buy into this G20. I haven't seen any legislation. I haven't. These executive orders, the one on transhumanism, the one on digital currency, you know, it, it's just like the student debt. He's signing stuff over there, and of course, later the courts outrule it. But where does he actually have the authority? I thought Congress somehow to be involved in this. Reggie Littlejohn, Steve, what you the issue just brought up is so important. They don't have the authority. Okay, so the G20 is just the 20 people, the 20 um, countries that have the biggest uh, economies in the world. They don't have any official authority. The, the authority that they have is the authority that we give them. So Biden posted their declaration on the White House website, and he agrees with them, okay? And in my opinion, these guys are all globalists. So the, the, the problem is that in our legal systems, our legal systems developed under the nation state model, and then these self-proclaimed people like the G20 and the B20, which is the 20 biggest business leaders, and the World Economic Forum and the United Nations are these supernatural or supranational um, entities that have self-proclaimed authority and they don't have any real authority except what we give them. And by giving them authority through all these executive orders, Biden is basically subverting the legislative process so that this, um, so that these horrible policies will never come to a vote. And that's why we have to stop it. Okay, so we have this, um, launched this campaign today. It's an Align Act campaign. People should go to stopvaxpassports.org and sign our Align Act campaign saying, number one, to the Biden administration, we don't want a central bank digital currency. And, and to Congress, wake up. The executive branch is taking away your authority to rule over money. Reggie, how do people once again? I want to get this guys up in the up in the, all the chat rooms and and uh, Grace Chong and and Captain Bannon, Jane, Nicole, everybody. I want to push it out to all of our different platforms and over to the Midnight Rider and everybody. What is where do people go right now, Reggie? Go to stopvaxpassports.org and you will be able to sign this campaign. Please, we need to stop this immediately because once the central bank digital currency and the vaccine passport come together, there will be no more dissent. Okay, so that's number one. And then number two, this is um, is total control. Yep. Total control. This, This is the thing, Steve. Once they have the central bank digital currency, which is programmable, and they decide what the narrative is, and that people who are counter narrative, like you and me, and a lot of a lot of the people who are watching this, um, they can just shut us off from our bank accounts. They can just um, shut us off from our credit cards. I mean, what happened in Canada with the Canadian truckers and those who supported them, that's what happened to them. That's got to be a wake up call to the whole world. And we have to stop it before it gets implemented. Uh, Reggie, how do people get to the Committee on the Present Danger? How do they follow you on social media? Okay, so to follow me on social media, it's um, I'm on Getter. I'm still not restored to Twitter. So at Real uh, Reggie Littlejohn on Getter. Um, and then in a couple days, you will be able to see this video or this webinar on the CPDC China, Committee on the Present Danger China. It's CPDC China website and also on stopvaxpassports.org. Thank you, ma'am. Honored to have you on here.
Thank you, Brad. Thank you so this brings up a point. You're a con- you're you're a congressman, Brad. Are we? Is she right? Are we just ceding our sovereignty to Biden on these executive orders? And this the the combination of this where well, the vax in itself is dangerous, the central digital currency is dangerous. You combine those two. Basically, the citizens of this country have given up what the revolutionary generation fought for. Does the executive branch, as you're reading of the Constitution, have the right to do that, sir? No, absolutely not. And uh, we have a lot of good uh, Congress folks putting in bills on the Federal Reserve in general. But I have not heard of the fight on this one yet. And it is, of course, huge. Right. The digitalization uh, has to do with the tracking uh, reminiscent of the CCP and ESG and all this kind of thing coming from on high. And they're very clever. They go step by step by step. And so uh, it, it's, it's, I think it's one of the top economic issues of our time. And it's all contingent on House leadership, who I've got no faith in right now after what they did in the past election cycle. Okay, but I want to go to what well, the House leadership fights fighting. We'll have you back on to talk about that because you know the inside. But the two things the House is going to have, you have the anvil of the appropriations process, the budget, right. the money, and only the House yep. can divvy it up. And you have the hammer, you have the hammer of the investigations. Walk me through the anvil part of it. Walk me through the appropriations yep. part, particularly the budget. And do you think people up there are getting focused on what we need to do to set this ship right? Uh, not yet. They're starting. There's inklings. And so for, I'll start on this cycle right now. The lame duck uh, going up to this January. A uh, couple data points from Matt Dickerson at Heritage Foundation. Uh, there's no example after the House flips of voting for an omnibus, right? So that context should give us uh, huge leverage and power over our own leadership. This has never happened Every house has always let the voters decide at the beginning of the new year, right? So in the lame duck, there's no example after the house flips of voting for an omnibus budget, which is the 12 bills, uh, which they need to get the U.S. senators uh, to go along with. And then second point, even Boehner uh, in these circumstances got a basically a clean CR with just a defense boost and then against Obama, right? Because he was willing to fight. And when the house fights, we can actually win. It's unheard of. And then after that, he got a two CRs in a row with a 1% uh, decrease. Uh, and so that's great. So that those two pieces both show that if the House will stand up and fight, uh, we can have leverage and we always have had it in the past. Hang, hang, and they shouldn't be ducking I, I, right I want to make sure people understand. I want to yeah. I want to make sure people understand, because this is where this audience come to play. The debt ceiling yeah. looks like it may be off the table. The raising the debt ceiling, the the. Um, so the debt ceilings are off the table. You have this huge omnibus bill. They had the, the by the way, the amnesty for the 11 million are off the table. It looks like because they couldn't get the Republican votes. They got this omnibus, and the omnibus is going to yep. be a trillion to two trillion dollars, not yep. funded. Print, the Federal Reserve is going to print the money. We, we got to somehow stop the omnibus and the Defense Authorization Act, which got all the yep. wokeness, and push that into the new Congress. Right. Dave Brett, you've been up there for these tough knife fights. How is that going to happen? How are we going to shove the two? Because they all want to pay off for their buddies and their sponsors and their lobbyists and, and, the, and the guys are going to hire them later. How do we how do we do this last thing? The Sisyphus move to yeah. get the rock back yeah. up the hill. It's huge. And, and the budget numbers, you just, I mean, we're getting used to six trillion dollar budgets going forward. Right. So this is unheard of. It used to be four, which was an insult. Uh, to our intelligence back in the day. Now they're looking at six or sevens going forward. 
uh, because they don't care about our solvency. So, of course, you know the answer. Everything rests on the grassroots. Luckily, we have 20 senators up for election next time, somewhere in this ballpark. And so uh, they do not, senators, if they have one bad vote, uh, it's risky business for them. In the House, you got tons of votes and there's a lot more in play. But if senators have one bad vote that a competitor can use to run against them, they don't want it. So this is a big deal. We've had 12 senators in the past uh, misbehaving terrible, uh, selling the country down the river. Uh, but coming up, there's a lot of Senate races. And if the grassroots calls their senators and puts heat on them and the House and on the House leadership vote, uh, there's a chance. And then I, I got another bomb to drop going forward after January, if you got a minute. Sure, go ahead. We love bombs. Yeah. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, one of the best congressmen out there, especially on financial issues, Thomas Massey from Kentucky, uh, has a, a great idea, uh, knowing that the political cycle has already started on the omnibus for next year, which will be October of 23, right? They're already starting a cycle of mainstream messaging. Uh, the Republicans are obstructionists. They're shutting down the government, the full faith and credits at stake, all this kind of nonsense while we're bankrupting our country and putting it all on the kids, by the way, which no one ever brings up. So in, or, in order to counteract that omnibus argument, all you do is right now, this coming January 4, uh, you have a vote on a CR that funds 95% of the government, right? So you have that vote this January 4, uh, and for the next months or whatever, you can say, <laughs> hey, we voted 95% of the budget, uh, we're only clipping 5%, and uh, let's see the reaction. I love that. You hit so that we only got a couple minutes, but this brilliant. is a, Matt, Matt, Massey, Massey's from MIT. He's like a physicist yeah, from MIT or something. He's super libertarian. A big brain. Walk me through, because that's genius. You're saying just give him a cross-the-board 5% cut, which they'll like yep. freak out. Walk yep. me through how he does that. I love it. How does he do that? You just, we, we put forward, we'll be in the House majority, so you put forward a, a 90 per, 95% uh, funding of the government, so there can be no question about our goodwill toward funding the government, right? A 5% cut uh, instead of the, the usual, you know, $7 trillion budgets. And all of this, of course, is about messaging, and of course, the, the left owns the mainstream media. It, it, everyone in Congress, my friends back home, you say, Dave, say this. And I'm like, to who? Right? That, that's the whole problem. So you know who owns the ink. So you got to counteract that. The people who own the ink don't care a whit about the American people or the budget or the deficits going to the kids. So you pass a CR that funds 95% of the budget right up front. And for the next nine months, hopefully we get an omnibus, right? You go through 12 appropriations bills and the 12 committees. That's the way it works. Uh, we've passed three of those in the past 47 years. So you can bet the Vegas odds on that one. Pretty low chance of getting through that uh, following history, and it's getting even worse. So I have less faith in that process, right? Three omnibus bills but, but passed, I, 12 votes in 47 the, years. The, so the reason I love it is then they couldn't like say you this. weren't prepared to fund the government. We were right. prepared to fund the government. You just got to make some reasonable yeah. cuts, and you can't, right. you're not going to, everybody's not going to be kicked in the street starving. It's 95% of the budget. Yeah. Dave, can I ask you to hang on a second? I know you got bad, so I want to sure. hear Rebecca Coffer. The other big thing, I'm bringing Rebecca who's probably, I think, the best expert of being inside the minds of the guys in the Kremlin and the KGB and the FSB, all these bad yep. hombres yep. that run this place. 
The other big thing, uh, Rebecca, let me bring you in now. The other big thing uh, in the lame duck is this $37 billion commitment for Ukraine, but it's bigger than that. It's really about America's continual engagement of just funding the Ukrainian government and now the military and MTG. And by the way, I think MTG has been put back on Twitter. And at 7 o'clock, I think she's going to start live tweeting her stream of consciousness thoughts. So be prepared for that. But she says she wants a complete audit, a total audit of everything Ukraine. You've got a brilliant piece that came up on Fox today. Say, hey, look, I kind of warned you guys about it, but China is the big winner in this thing. Walk us through where we actually stand. China, the CCP is the winner in the Ukraine situation, and particularly the United States, Europe's the people in Europe are saying, hey, we can't do this anymore. The 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 unlimited wants and needs of Ukraine for just cash money, both to run the country and to fund this looks like never ending conflict on the eastern border. The Eastern Russian-speaking border of Ukraine, Rebecca Koffler. Yes, so we have been depleting our own uh, treasury, Steve, but that we have already provided in the nine months more than we provided in Afghanistan in five years. But that's not even the biggest problem. The biggest problem is this. General Milley, the same General Milley who was... Um, saying that he's going to warn China's Xi if the U.S. were to plan uh, a military operation against them. He, on Wednesday, admitted what we have been warning about on the show all along, and that is that there's absolutely no military path to victory for Ukraine. So all of this money, $24 billion that has been already spent, and many more, about 70 billion committed, has down the drain for nothing. But even the biggest problem is that we are depleting our own weapon stockpile to dangerous levels. And if you listen to China Xi, he has been ratcheting up his rhetoric about the one China policy. And during the recent visit to the Armed Forces Operational Command Center, he directed his military to be ready for war. And so we are sitting here with our very, very uh, sophisticated weaponry being pumped up into Ukraine. We have already provided 20 HIMARS, the high mobility artillery rocket systems with 18 on the way. And President Biden himself is concerned now about inability of our military industrial uh, complex to have enough production capacity to backfill our weapons supply. So this is reckless policy by the Biden administration. We are right now at risk of war. Potentially, Russia and China could challenge us in a two-theater war. And we are not ready for that because the Pentagon is prioritizing pronouns instead of our own combat readiness, Steve. Rebecca, let me let me ask you about Zelensky. And the other day, at first, he looks like he, because as soon as the Republicans win, he knows the money's going to be cut off or it's going to be an audit. It's going to be very tough to get. And all of a sudden, he's ready to negotiate. Then this guy comes out and says, we can't negotiate, so that's capitulation. The way to bring this to a conclusion is somehow to get Zelensky and the Russians in a negotiating room and negotiate an actual settlement to this, or is this going to go on and on and on and more Ukrainians are going to get killed? Because you know, the Russians, hey, 
They didn't give up in Stalingrad, and they didn't give up in Leningrad. They ain't going to give up in Ukraine, okay? They've had their backs to the wall on many occasions, and they just don't quit. So how does this play out? Because right now, I can tell you from House members, and I'll bring Brett in a second, the, the right wing of the Republican Party is saying, actually, no more money. This is absurd because it's a bottomless pit. To run the country is going to toss 100 to $150 billion a year. To rebuild the country is almost a trillion dollars. And that doesn't include the military part of it. So what, what do you believe is going to take to get to Zelensky to actually, in good faith, get to the negotiating table and try to bring this fiasco to an end? Well, it's theoretically very easy to get Zelensky to the table, Steve, because we are financing this experimental project. And so he should not be dictating the terms of discourse to us. The Biden administration must dictate our terms of discourse to him. Because um, so but the situation is right now this. My analysis up until recently was that Putin was willing to negotiate if Zelensky were to let him keep Crimea and the four territories that he recently annexed. Well, my analysis has changed, uh, Steve. I believe Putin thinks that he is winning the war and he's going to keep going. Here's wow. why I believe that. Wow. Despite the fact that all the, you know, I tell you what, hang, hang on, and, uh, Rebecca, hang yes. on, hang on one second. I don't want to leave, lose sure. Dave Brett. I wanted to ask him this question. He's got to bounce you. Hang right there. Brett, got it. given what Rebecca's talking about and Putin thinks he's won the war, your sense of the Tom Massey's, the Gates's, the MTG's, how dug in is the American Republican right on this? No more, no more money to Ukraine. This thing is out of control. Dave Brett. Yeah, with the uh, slim majority in the House, they're plenty dug in. I, I, I can't imagine uh, folks going home and telling their folks this 90 billion and then a trillion and then 150 billion for maintenance and whatever. I mean, good luck with that one. It's uh, we, you had it right, the right call from the beginning. I should have been at the negotiating table right up the right off the start. Uh, the NATO piece, the Euro piece, the globalist piece, just a disaster. And uh, I don't think a lot of people want anywhere near it. So the burden goes to us. And uh, I think we shoulder this one pretty handily. Brett, Brett, you're going to be all over this lame duck because lame duck could be historic unless we shut it down. Brett, how do people get to you on social media? Yep. Brat Economics at Getter. Brat, B-R-A-T, Brat Economics at Getter and third floor, Liberty University School of Business. Bring your young scholars up there along with the parents. Love to meet you all. God bless. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, sir. Thank you, brother. Uh, Rebecca, you just dropped a bombshell because every New York Times, I picked my New York Times up. I got my Wall Street Journal. Putin's losing. It's going to be a coup against Putin. Putin's losing. Oh, by the way, they're pulling out of another town. Putin's losing. The Ukrainians are winning. Uh, and this is why I was saying you got to back the Ukrainians, although it's not about who wins or loses. Give me your analysis. Why do you say Putin is actually winning? And more importantly, he thinks he's winning. So this is wishful thinking, what you just told me, the all the mass media. And uh, I am tired of hearing all these generals who get on TV and they proclaim that Ukraine is winning. It's the same people who kept telling us during 20 years in Afghanistan that victory was just around the corner. And right now it's the same lunatics with towels on their heads, the Taliban, that are ruling that country and are benefiting from billions of dollars of 
highly sophisticated top secret Ukraine's, um, I'm, I'm sorry, U.S. weaponry. So here's why Putin believes he's winning. Despite the fact that he strategically withdrew from Kherson, look what he did in the rest of Ukraine. 40% of Ukraine critical infrastructure is crippled. And what that means, Steve, is that there's no heat, there's no electricity, and there's no water with the temperatures having dropped in Kiev and across Ukraine to freezing levels. When there's no water, there's no sewage. You can't flush your toilet. There's going to be disease just in a few weeks. And so Putin is not, you know, he's not a boxer. He's not Muhammad Ali. So which is what, you know, the U.S. strategist anticipating him to be. No, he is not going to deliver a crippling blow and knockout to Ukraine. But what he's going to do, he's a judo uh, master, right? Mixed martial arts. Probably some of your viewers watch uh, MMA, right? UFC. He's going to do a rear naked choke by choking Ukrainians out of all of these vital um, vital uh, ability to survive, you know, no water, no electricity. And so this is why he thinks he's, he's winning because his victory is very different. It's not territorial gain. He has already gained 20% of Ukraine, like, like we said, annexed uh, four of them plus Crimea. But it's much more, much more importantly, he basically deprived it of its ability to produce any kind of heavy industry. He has decimated, absolutely decimated its production capacity yeah. and its ability to produce its and export yeah. its agricultural products. So Ukraine We're, as a country right now it's on the it's path crippled. to become a failed and this, this, state, and, and, and that and, is Putin's and, and, goal. And, and this is and and this is what Afghanistan. This is going to be. This is why they need so much cash. They're going to need 100, 150 billion a year to maintain. It. They're going to look for the nations of Europe and the United States. Put it in, Rebecca. We got to bounce. I need people to go read this. Fox. How do they get your book? How do they get the article on Fox? How do they get to you? Uh, the book is available anywhere on Amazon at Barnes and Nobles. Just Google the book, Putin's Playbook. Uh, Russia's secret plan to defeat America. My uh, Twitter, Getter, and uh, True Social accounts is at Rebecca0132. I have a website. Uh, I regularly post my unclassified intelligence analysis on the Fox News website, New York Post, um, yeah. Wall Street Journal, and other she's regular got a brilliant, uh, publications. She got a, she's, she's got a brilliant piece right now up in Fox. We're going to put it up on our Getter account and on War Room. Rebecca Koffler, Putin's winning. And somebody's got to bring this to a conclusion. Is this going to be a bitter, dark winter for the Ukrainian people? Rebecca Koffler, thank you very much. Honored to have you in the war room. From the battlefield of Ukraine to the battlefield of democracy in Brazil. Next in the war room. It's hard to grasp why anyone would keep voting for record inflation, skyrocketing crime, and an open border. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with the big carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only, and I repeat only, Christian conservative wireless provider. They want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to show you why I, Stephen K. Bannon, trust them. Right now, when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get a third month free. 
plus free activation. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks and use the same towers as all three of the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedom. Just go to PatriotMobile.com Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with the woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and you pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at COVIDTaxRelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan, and you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at COVIDTaxRelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDTaxRelief.org help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org. Do this today. Take action at COVIDTaxRelief.org. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm pl- proud to partner with Public SQ the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that could never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Take action. Do this today. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. I'm going to change up the order just a bit. I've got uh, Jane Zirkel and these massive, the, the biggest story in the world with all the big stories going on in the big, uh, the news that you need to know, the signal, not the noise. Um, the biggest and most important is actually happening in Brazil. And if you rank order, all these massive things are going on. I'm going to get to Jane in a second. Um, and we're going to have Brazil pieces every day in both the morning and afternoon shows uh, going forward. 
I want to bring in Joe Allen, though. Joe, we had the big webinar of Frank Gaffney and, and, and Brian Kennedy, the great team of the Committee on the Present Danger, which has done so much and will be a big part of the Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, so much of what's going on in the House on oversight. They had the webinar today, and one of the things, one of the call to arms here is this, is this shocking um, occurrence of what happened out of the G20, really brought to light by yourself, which was, hey, they put this proclamation up. They're talking about this digital uh, th- this uh, digital vaccine passport, but it's even much deeper than that. But hey, if you combine that with what they said in their uh, executive order months ago, and you look at the experiment of the 12 working with the Federal Reserve, you combine the digital currency with the digital passport, you essentially have total and complete control of a citizen of the nation. This is actually gets to the social credit store of the Chinese Communist Party. And isn't it interesting how many things come back to the CCP? Isn't that interesting? Joe Allen, uh, you're now engaged with the Committee on the Present Danger. You're actually giving one of the seminars tomorrow. But I just want to talk about that first piece. And you, you, you brought this up with saying, hey, you know, the Biden administration is having these executive orders, and they're not really given the fanfare that these things, given how humongous they are. And in addition, they're spinning each one differently. Like the, 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 the digital currency was kind of like some sort of experimentation and we're trying to help manage digital assets. And this is for the good of the country. The transhumanist was complete lie. This is the moonshot for cancer. This is about solving, this is about curing cancer. And it's the moonshot, you know, Joe Biden, I'm big in moonshots, right? This is, we're trying to throw the ball downfield and that's what this is. And it's, it's all, it's not, these are whole of government. And when you see the apparatus of the United States government, the power of the administrative state, you see the power in getting back of a digital currency, you know, and then getting in back of these uh, vaccine passports and getting in back of transhumanism in a whole of government approach. Katie, bar the door. Joe Allen. Yeah, Steve, I I think the interconnection of all these can be hard to organize in the mind, uh, but it's very, very clear. All of it falls under the paradigm of the fourth industrial revolution and the language of the G20 Bali leaders declaration certainly echoes again and again the language of the fourth industrial revolution. So does Joe Biden's bio uh, biotechnology and biomanufacturing initiative um, and the uh, central bank digital currencies that are being piloted right now. Uh, that also falls under that paradigm. And what it is, is an idea of total digitalization. And when you look at certain developments that happen just on the heels of the, the biotechnology initiative, for instance, so that you have now a lot of news about CRISPR experiments that will cure cancer. Uh, you have a lot of ambitious uh, ideas as to how human beings can be enhanced. And then you have the kind of disgusting sci-fi element, like the FDA approving synthetic meat for human consumption. So that's just lab-grown meat that would be basically developed in vats and sold in grocery stores. All of that is reflected in this idea of the digitization of all spheres of life. And all of that is reflected in the G20 declaration. And of course, you know, Reggie Littlejohn has been a huge asset in raising the alarm on global digital vaccine passports. Uh, The Indonesian health minister was talking about how Indonesia is prepared to implement these. And of course, the declaration itself talks about how all nations should cooperate 
or collude in order to create digital proof of vaccination so that people can move across borders. And as you just said, all of this adds up. Should these visions be realized, all of this adds up to the ability for governments in partnership with businesses to control every aspect of your life, what you can buy, where you can go, what you can say, what you can think. By the way, this is not a, this is this can happen by these executive orders. This can happen essentially in the here and now. The technology is available. It's got to be perfected. It's got to be integrated. But this is a people understand. This is a program. It's the reason Reggie Littlejohn are putting these seminars together. This is happening. If you look at the G20, this is what they're spending time on. They got this new thing called the B20, which is kind of the side deal. That's the business element of it. And right, these are kind of operating apparatuses. COP27 is this thing that used to be Glasgow and all these. That's this annual coming together for the for the climate change. They just agreed to a framework of reparations, ladies and gentlemen. There's going to be trillions of dollars transferred from the industrial West to third world dictators. So don't think this is not happening. This is happening every day. Now they're in kind of the coordination and execution phase of it. Am I incorrect in any of that, Joe Allen? No. And, you know, I think that one of the more disturbing elements, you know, we played the video of the expert, the excerpt of Klaus Schwab's speech at the B20. And as silly and innocent as it may sound, uh, his big fish uh, analogy in that governments and businesses must partner together and become or fast fish. I'm sorry, fast fish. Uh, as opposed to big fish. They need to keep up with the technological developments in order to survive. And that came as a warning. Some might say it's a threat, uh, yes. but it's it's a serious issue because we have to figure out what the alternatives are going to be if we're going to reject these technological innovations. Uh, because he's right in a sense, if you are going to survive, you either have to keep up or you have to figure out how you're going yeah. to survive outside that yeah. system. And I think a lot of people March. are working on para parallel economies and various parallel societies in an attempt to yeah. do that. I'm very hopeful in that regard, but I'm fairly pessimistic in, in regard to stopping the development of these technologies and their implementation around the world. Well, well that's why you're in the war. Uh, Senator Mark Warner from the Commonwealth of Virginia warned about TikTok. The other day. They say, hey, this is absolutely a CCP apparatus for sucking data out of the american people particularly teenagers it shouldn't be lost to anybody that this was biden's well this was the biden administration's biggest platform for 2022 this is why they had all these bizarre influence in there they use tiktok you're you're to you tomorrow are going to give the the webinar on tiktok are you not sir yeah i'll be very happy to be uh, at the uh, present danger uh, china uh, webinar. I'll be talking about TikTok. I'll be talking about uh, also its relationship to the various other uh, platforms that are American born that do much the same thing. But I think the real and most immediate problem is that TikTok really has gripped the mind of the youth. And it is a way of extracting data. And it is a way of influencing uh, the mentality and the behaviors of young people in America. Hey, uh, Joe, I know you've got a piece on the long termism on SBF. I got to get to that tomorrow, but I want people to read the piece and get to all the access to your pieces. Where do they go with this? Because you've kind of really are able to frame this FTX situation that I think is the way that people need to look at it. Give me a one minute a pricey on it and then where people go to get the uh, piece. 
Yeah, uh, it's kind of complicated, so I'll just give you two terms, effective altruism and long-termism, both of which uh, overlap and in some sense stem from the philosophy of transhumanism, and both of which were the underpinning or the sort of smokescreen used by Sam Bankman-Fried uh, in his FTX scam. So yeah, we'll be back about that, but I think those are two terms you want to look out for. You could say in many ways, long-termism is the new transhumanism. You can find me at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z on social media, also joebot.xyz and warroom.org under the transhumanism tab. If you're, conf- if you're confused about the SBF story, if you're confused about FTX, I think we've got a framing device to let you to really kind of think through. We'll do that tomorrow. Joe Allen, uh, thank you. Good luck on the seminar tomorrow also on TikTok. And thank you so much for connecting the dots here now that we've got the Committee on the Present Danger all over it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Steve. I've got Mike Davis. I'm going to get to in a second, but I've got to go. Jane Zirkel's done amazing reporting on this. I, I gave uh, this talk in Mexico City the other day uh, about to the CPAC Mexico to this audience. And I got to tell you, it's, it was centered around Brazil and what's happened in Brazil. The biggest story in the world are the tens of millions of people that have taken to the streets of Brazil to fight for their democracy. It's not being covered by the Brazilian media. It's not being covered by the world media. This is a world historical event. The Brazilian spring is upon us. And this is beyond the Bolsonaros. They're not really doing much to, 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 to be engaged here. But people refuse to back down. And there have been some horrific scenes. If we can bring in Jane Zirkel and Jane Tell the before we play some of the footage. Tell the audience what the the the, 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 the radical courts with Lula, the transnational communist tool of the CCP. Uh, what are they doing to parents down there that are protesting to defend their constitution and their and the right to have their vote really count, ma'am? So the National Council of Justice in Brazil has issued an order invoking the Guardianship Council, which is Brazilian CPS, essentially, Child Protective Services, to target the children and families engaging in these election protests. They are to verify the condition of children and protect the children by any means necessary, including potentially separating the children from their parents, which is what we've seen across Brazil in these absolutely heart-wrenching viral videos that have surfaced on Twitter. Now, the justice behind this order is Alexandre D. Mores, and he is a far left-wing Supreme Court justice who has been behind much of the censorship and the debanking of individuals and companies in Brazil who have been aiding and supporting these protesters. And it really has been a classic case of we are from the government and we are here to help, which this audience is well-versed in what that really means. And not only has the Supreme Court been a part of this, but also the Justice Inspector, Luis Felipe Salermo, who signed off on this order. Now, the Justice Inspector's job is to ensure that there is not government overreach or abuse going on, but Mr. Salermo has a left-wing history voting in support of this censorship, and he was appointed by then-President Lula in 2008. And what's really, really sad here is that Brazil has a bad human trafficking and child prostitution problem that this Guardianship Council could really be doing a lot of good to solve, but instead it's being used as a political tool to intimidate... Hang on, hang on. But hang on. 
Jane, Jane I just want to make sure people understand this because th- it's a blockbuster story. If you're showing up at these protests and you're protesting, hey, they stole my vote, the machine stole it, you know, I, they need to do a recount, they need to do a, re, a, a, a revote, we need to have another election. If you're out there in any way protesting, they're actually the they're actually sending the child protective services to take your child away because they say that you're not being a good parent or the child needs to be protected from your madness and craziness and anti government anti-Brazil. Is that in a nutshell? They're actually taking the children away from the parents because the parents are protesting a stolen election. Yes, so that's exactly the incident that occurred on November 18th that was captured on camera. And when the Guardianship Council moved to do this, they were met with incredible resistance from the Brazilian election protesters. The Brazilian election protesters surrounded the council members and essentially said, we're not allowing you to take these children and chase them out of town. So they're not taking this. They are still marching and protesting. And in response to this, parents and their children marched in the streets hand in hand, showing immense bravery. Uh, Jane, we got to bounce, but you've been covering this since you got you met these people in Times Square. It's just overwhelming. Just tell the audience the scale of the size, because it's not being covered in Brazilian media, and the world media is total crickets about it. What is the scale of these protests? Right, so it's because of the Supreme Court justices like Alexandre de Moraes, and why for why it's not being covered in the Brazilian media, because of the censorship. The scale of these protests are absolutely massive. I mean, it is tens of thousands across the U.S., and then tens of millions in Brazil. It is really a geopolitical phenomenon that is stretched across the entire the entire globe. Jane, you're covering this nonstop. How do people get to your social media? You're doing live chats. You're doing live streams. You're putting up great stories. You got this blockbuster story on War Room right now. How do people track you on all this? Well, definitely go check out the interview I did with Kelly de Oliveira, a Brazilian activist. You can find that interview on War Room's Getter, and you can find me on Getter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Jane Zirkel. I own Jane Zirkel as the cutting edge of this. This Brazilian story is the single most important story. Of everything going on, this is the biggest world historical event that's happening right now, the Brazilian Spring. Jane Zirkel, thank you for covering this, and thank you for being on here. Thank you. I've asked Mike Davis to join us and, and to step away from other stuff he's working on. Mike, here's the reason. There's a bunch of stuff exploding this afternoon, and the audience needs Mike Davis to explain this. These special counsels, and you don't have a lot of these special counsels or special prizes. It's very rare. But they've had a history of being kind of like Caesar's wife. you got to have, you got to be, because they're worried about the politicization of the Justice Department. This is supposed to be a bit like Caesar's wife beyond any question of being chased. You've seen all this exploding. We had Boris on the earlier show. What is going on with the conflicts of interest with this special prosecutor? You've already said he's a political left-wing hack, but now it looks like the wife is the queen of the Trump haters, sir. Yeah, it's very bad. The special counsel is supposed to be independent and at a minimum have the appearance that they're not political, that they're going to be neutral, that they're going to be fair. That's the whole point of an attorney general handing this off to a special counsel to alleviate any appearance of conflict of interest. And with this Jack Smith, it just keeps getting worse the more we learn about him. Not only have we learned that Eric Holder hired Jack Smith to run the public integrity section at the in the Justice Department in 2010, and then Jack Smith 
uh, pursued Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell, a, a, a potential Republican presidential candidate with a bogus corruption theory that got overturned by the Supreme Court eight to nothing. It would have been nine to nothing, nothing if Justice Scalia didn't pass away. We're also learning that, uh, that, this, that this special prosecutor's wife was a donor to President Biden in 2020 and helped produce a film, a pro-Obama film. So there's, it just stinks. The, the politics here stink badly. And remember, these same Democrats are going after a Supreme Court justice like Justice Clarence Thomas based upon his wife's personal political views, Jenny's personal political views. They're calling for Justice Thomas's recusal on Supreme Court cases based upon his wife's political views. Why wouldn't this same standard also apply to Jack Smith? It's actually a well, higher standard for the Department of Justice. Not only she do donated the Clinton campaign, her her Twitter feed, which she took down, but of course the people had it in the Wayback Machine. It's variantly anti. I mean, it is like Trump hate, you know, 10,000. Tell me how this gets. Does the House just say we've had enough of this nonsense and you're going to get no money whatsoever and we don't care if you want to shut down the government over it? Tell me how we how do you develop this? Because it just can't let the stand. The guy's a hater. Remember, in 2010, Holder hired him in 2010 after the Tea Party revolt. He immediately was part of the, the learner getting on top of the Tea Party for the IRS situation. This guy's dirty as he, as you get politicized. How do you, but now with the wife being such a hardcore anti-Trump partisan, tell me the denouement. How, how does it, we got two minutes. Walk me through the Mike Davis. How does this thing get resolved? Well, I mean, it's it's an illegitimate investigation. They are investigating. They are investigating. I apologize. They're investigating. This is an illegitimate investigation. This guy is a heat sinking missile sent by Merrick Garland to take out a presidential candidate, Donald Trump, just like Eric Holder used him to take out a presidential candidate uh, with Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell. This these are illegitimate. This is an illegitimate investigation. This guy has a, an, at least an appearance of bias, and he's investigating non-crimes. It is not a crime for presidents to take personal records when he leaves office. That is contemplated by the Presidential Records Act. It is not a crime to object to presidential elections. Democrats did it in 1969, 2001, 2005, and 2017. They are investigating non-crimes here. They're trying to put a dark cloud over President Trump after he announced he's running for president again so they can influence the next presidential election. They're trying to hurt President Trump to help their boss, Joe Biden. This is illegitimate. House Republicans should defund this thing. Mike, how do people get to you, go to your site? You're fighting this great crusade against big tech, which is now going to be a monster, monster issue in the new Congress. I want people to get totally up to speed on it and to get your thoughts about all the things related to the Justice Department. Where do they go? So article3project.org, article3project.org, and the Big Tech Fight is on there. If you click on War Room, we set up a website for the War Room Posse at article3project on Getter Twitter Truth at article3project. And my personal is MRDDMIA, uh, my initials, Des Moines, Iowa, on Getter Twitter Truth. And thank you, Steve. As good as uh, his getter feed is, you're not living your best life unless you're following Mike Davis on uh, on Twitter. It's a totally unique experience. Mike Davis, thank you very much for joining us here, brother. I want everybody to follow you on Twitter. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you.
Okay, uh, it's Thanksgiving week, but let me tell you, the news is hot and heavy. You're in the we got this lame duck. We got Trump's uh, launched the campaign. We've got everything that's happening in DOJ. We got Brazil. We got the Ukraine. We got the CCP. You got reparations, all of it. Plus, you got the convergence of the digital currency and the vaccine, all of it, and more. Plus, Arizona and Kerry Lake tomorrow morning, and see you back here at ten o'clock in the morning. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.